We're so happy you've joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Send us your story to pastor at relevant316.com. If you want to support this ministry financially, hop on our website at relevant316.com. There you'll find different giving options to suit your needs. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Jonathan. I'm the lead pastor here at Relevant Church, and I'm so glad they've taken this time to be with us. And listen, do me a favor. Let us know where you're watching from, where you're tuning in from, whether you're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, go ahead and put it in the comments. And do me a favor. Invite some friends to join in and watch with you. Share this video, and let's, let's make this uh, amazing uh, news from God's Word go viral. So uh, a few weeks ago, we... Um, uh, we started this series called Get Up, and I started in, in a story of Peter and John going into the temple to pray. And today, I'm going to complete that message, or, or attempt to at least, uh, as much as I can during the time that we have. And uh, we're going to uh, discover some new things from God's Word that I believe can change your life. So I'm going to read the passage one more time, just so we can get up to speed, and then we're going to just dive in. Okay, so check this out. It says, in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says that, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which was called beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who entered the temple. So what we have here is a beautiful gate and a terrible situation. <clears throat> at this crossroads, this man is laid there day after day. He's, he's lame from his mother's womb is how the, the text describes him. And day after day, they go and they lay him there as people are entering in to the temple for forgiveness, for worship, to encounter God. All he gets to do is be laid in at the gate of access. Terrible situation, beautiful gate. It says Verse 3 says, When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. Look at us. And he began to give them his atten attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. What I do have, let me say it again. What I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, Christ the Nazarene, walk. In the name of Jesus, get up. From your situation. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered, he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people who saw him walking and praising God. And they, they, they were talking, uh, they were taking note of him, uh, being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple and beg alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. I want to ask you a question, simple question. What is it that you have that gives you confidence? 
What is it that you carry that gives you confidence? Is it, is it a, uh, a special keychain? Is it, is it a, um, uh, uh, a, a, a tie, a power tie that you walk into the boardroom with in order to close that deal? What is it that makes you feel confident? Is it when you're wearing those, those high heels, ladies, that make you feel extra strong, extra superwoman? What is it that gives you your cape of confidence? What is it? Is it something that's in your pocketbook that gives you the confidence? Is it a credit card, a, a specific credit card? I remember one time I was having dinner with some friends and, you know, we, we play that game of who's going to pay the meal, who's going to pay for the meal. And so finally a buddy of mine, uh, he pulled out his, his Amex um, uh, platinum card. It was like, it was actually metallic, right? He pulled that out and I had my chase card. And so he looked at the waitress and said, which one of these cards would you rather take payment from? The, the waitress chose the platinum card and I looked at my buddy. I was like, buddy, like, um, seriously right now? Like, like that card trumps my card. That card gives you more confidence that the waiter is going to receive payment from you as opposed to me simply because of what you carry in your pocket. It's kind of like when you, uh, know that that direct deposit hits your account on a Thursday night and you can walk into that, that store and confidently pull out your card and not sweat bullets because you didn't carry the one and see whether or not your checking's connected to your savings and your whatever it is. You know, you're, you're confident that you can make the payment. What is it that you have that gives you confidence? Uh, uh, the, the text says that Peter say to the man, they, they say, look at us. And the man starts asking them and he's expecting to receive from, from them. Uh, let me pause and go back a second here. Wh who do you think you are? The identity that you, you take, that you carry with you, gives you confidence in order to expect certain things from life, in order to ask at a certain level. The man says that, the text says that the man expected to receive from them. But when you carry an identity that is based on your earthly birth situation, you will have a different type of um, uh, expectation as to what you can ask and what you can receive from this life simply based on who you identify as and who you identify with. Let me, let me, we'll get, it, we'll get into this in a second here and we'll, we'll break that down in a second. But the, the passage says, uh, Peter and John fix his gaze on him. And said, look at us. And, the, and he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold. The physical earthly currency that I carry is of no consequence in this situation. But what I do have, I give to you. What I do have. A poverty mindset determines assets in terms of of physical currency. A poverty mindset will always determine assets based on physical currency. A poverty mindset will also determine what it is that you ask for based on who you think you are, based on what type of birth you had. Okay. However, on the other side, a kingdom con, a kingdom mindset, a kingdom mindset knows that the only asset that matters is the name that you carry. The only asset that matters is the name that makes you a brand new creation 
help me out somebody. A kingdom mindset understands that, that you are in this world, but you're not of this world. A kingdom mindset will, will look at situation and look at those situations in terms of, I, I can go into a situation and in the name that I bring to that situation, in the name that I operate in, everything must change. That name is a co-signature. You have heaven's co-signature by that name. That name makes you a co-heir with Christ. That name opens and gives you access. That name that takes you from a place where you can only get close enough. But when that name is called upon, that name will pull you up out of your situation and allow you to enter into spaces that you were once prohibited from. But here's what I want to say to you, my friends. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Peter says to the man, I, I don't have silver and gold. I have something better than silver and gold. I have something bigger. I, my, my friends, when you, when you realize that he who was rich became poor in order that you may be rich. You may you you, you start changing the, the way that you see that name. That name becomes a name that is all powerful. That name is a name that gives you all access. That is a name that changes every situation in your life. And if you only activate, if you're only activated based on the security of silver and gold, you will have a life that's small. You won't see the big miracles. You won't see the big breakthroughs because you're basing your entire experience on what's in your wallet. What are you wearing as opposed to the name that you carry? If this man was only asking and begging based on his earthly birth, when, you, when you're in that situation, you'll only settle for the things that the world will offer you and give you as opposed to only expecting complete healing, wholeness, and fullness in every area of your life. So my question becomes, are you giving out of the excess of your stuff or the overflow of your experience with the Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Are you giving out of the excess of your stuff or out of the overflow of an experience and an encounter with Jesus. Let me, let me tell you something about Peter and John. When, when Peter and John encounter this man, they don't anoint him with oil. They, they, don't, they don't ask him for a special offering. They don't tell him to go do this thing. They don't tell him to go see somebody else. They just simply say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, get up. In the name of Jesus, Walk. Now, what you have to understand is the revolutionary nature of that statement. The liberating nature of that statement. They, uh, there is a, a revolution that is taking place when they, when they utter that. See, back then you have to understand that, that in Roman culture, they were living in a Roman context. Uh, Rome was the power that was um, uh, ruling and controlling all things. The only name that could be invoked in that time was the name of Caesar. As a matter of fact, the culture believed and dictated that Caesar was a son of the gods. And so when Peter says, in the name of Jesus... 
He's saying, I am going to bring someone who's not part of this earthly kingdom into the situation. I'm going to bring in someone who's not limited by the boundaries of this earthly kingdom. I'm going to bring a kingdom dimension into the situation. By calling on someone else's name, they were saying, we're calling on something that is not limited and restricted by the constructs and the limitations of what this planet has to offer. We're going to enter into something else. We're going to supernaturally inject a supernatural experience that will, that will change this terrible situation where you can sit in a, in, in, in a beautiful place but never have access in. We're going to call upon this name that changes everyone and everything that encounters this name. They call on the name of Jesus. See, the culture back then believed in the power of a name. They believed in the power of a name. They, 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 they didn't name people based on the phonetics of how a name sounded. They didn't, they didn't try to be cute and, and combine the name of the father and the mother and put it into one in order to make it a cool name. They didn't, they didn't name their children after their favorite cars or their favorite drinks or their favorite places. They named their children great names when they were small, hoping that they'll grow into their name because names carried power. They named their children brilliant from birth in order that they may grow into brilliance. You see, my friends, names carry power. Uh, biologically, physiologically, names carry power. See, when someone says a name, it enters your ear canal and goes into your brain and your nervous system, and it creates a certain reaction when you hear a name. They say that there are some names that will produce cortisol in your body, which creates stress and will decrease the number of white blood cells so that you're more susceptible to disease. And then there's some names that literally will release endorphins that will increase your white blood cells and you're able to fight off disease. So it's literally possible for you to hear someone's name uttered and it make you feel sick. Have you ever heard a name that, that made you feel literally wanted to make your body change that you felt something physically change when you hear the name of the person that, that hurt you, the name of the person that, that abused you, the name of the person that, that took from you. It literally made you sick because that name entered your ear canal, went to your nervous system in your brain and sent off signals to your body that said that name makes you sick. But there is a name that brings healing. My friends, let me tell you, Duke University did a study of believers and non-believers. It took them and they, 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 they put them in a, in a place where they could watch them and monitor what would happen when certain sounds were made and certain names were uttered. What they discovered is that of all names that were uttered, the name of Jesus released the highest levels of endorphins that changed the physiology of how a person responded to a situation. When that name is called upon, atmospheres change. When that name is called upon, biology is changed. When that name is called upon, mindsets are reframed. When that name is called upon, everything and everyone must change. And so when, when Peter and John look at this man, they say, look at us. Look at us. We're not going to give you something that is a physical asset. We're going to give you something that is of a kingdom dimension that can change your life for good.
and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. That name carried authority and it carried power. And immediately the man was healed. The text literally says, and seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. There was no need for months of physical therapy. There was no need for, for him to learn how to walk. Uh, because here's the thing about it. It's one thing when you've walked before and you have to learn to walk again. This man had never walked. He says he immediately began to walk. Leap. And praise God. All of a sudden the man had power. All of a sudden the man had access. All of a sudden, he was able to enter in. Watch what the text says as I come to a close. It says this, it says, With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them. After years of his life of only being at the gate of the temple, one name changed everything about his life. One name changed everything about his identity. He was no longer the man who, who laid by the gate and begged for alms. He became a new creation, all because of one name. It says he entered walking and leaping and praising God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been in those worship experiences where you see somebody who's praising just a little bit too much, a little bit too extra. They're just a little bit too extravagant in their praise. But the thing is this, is that if you've been laying in a situation where you've seen people pass you by and you've seen them enter and experience and have access, and finally now God has shown up and it's been your turn, how do you enter? I think David said, he, we enter his courts with thanksgiving and with praise. He entered walking, leaping, and praising God. Walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people who saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple and beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. My friends, it's very simple. If you're a Christian, do you carry that name as your number, number one primary asset? Or do you cling on to the earthly things in order to give you confidence? Does your ministry as a believer stop at your ability and at your authority or does it start with the name of Jesus? My friends, some of you have been laying at the gate, not able to enter in. But today, I want to introduce you to a name. A name that can change everything and everyone around you. That name is Jesus Christ. That name, that name changed Everything about your life in that, in that when, when, when you receive and you believe upon that name, it says that he gives us his spirit that allows us to walk in to the throne room of God, to have access to God himself and cry out, Abba, Father. That name changes everything about who you are 
and what you are, what you're able to do in this life. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you so much that your, your name is power, that your name is beauty, that your name is, is highly exalted, that we as believers have the right to call upon your name, to cry, to speak truth to power in your name, to change situations in your name, to heal the sick in your name, to repair the breach in your name, heal marriages in your name. I thank you that that name makes us family in the family of God. And right now, I want to invite those of you who maybe you've been sitting at the gate, never entering in. I invite you to call upon that name. The Bible says all who call upon the name will be saved. And here's your opportunity to call upon that name that you may receive healing, salvation, and a future and a hope in Jesus' name. I tell you, get up and walk. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. We'd love to stay connected with you. Find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Relevant Riverside. We hope you have a great week.